There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hello, thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. This is The Best in the World with Richard Parr. It does exactly what it says on the tin. We interview the best athletes on the planet. And of course, I'm Richard Parr. See, it does exactly what it says on the tin. And we continue to learn from the greatest sports men and women on the planet, whether they're Olympic champions, world champions, world record holders, world number ones. They are here on the Best in the World with Richard Parr podcast, which you can download on iTunes, Stitcher, on Overcast, all different types of platforms, even on my website, richardparr.net. You can learn from the best athletes on the planet. And because the Olympic Games have started, we have got a gold medalist on this week's show. I'm so pumped for you to hear my interview with Kerry Pottas. She won beach volleyball gold on home soil in Sydney 2000. She is motivating and inspiring. And there is so much that you can learn, whether you're an aspiring volleyball player, an aspiring athlete, an aspiring business person, an aspiring anything you can learn from Kerry Pottas. She is fantastic on this show. So get ready to learn from the very best on the best in the world with Richard Parr. Before we get to Kerry, I want to tell you about this week's sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash best over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That address, again, is audibletrial.com forward slash best. If you don't know how to spell it, I'll spell it out for you. A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com. Best. Alright, I didn't spell the dot coms and the bests, but I think you can probably spell that. But audibletrial.com forward slash best for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. It will help you because you're learning from the greatest and it will help me as well because they are my sponsors of this show. That's a bit of the business out of the way, but you're going to learn business lessons from Kerry Pottas. She's the Olympics beach volleyball champion from 2000 in Sydney. Alongside Natalie Cook, she won bronze at the 1996 Atlanta Games, four years later turning that bronze into gold in Sydney. 
So much to learn from Kerry this week. In particular, she tells us the three important areas for success. And she also explains the three different types of Olympians that appear at every different Olympic Games from Sydney up until now at the 2016 Rio Olympics. If you're into goal setting, which I think a lot of you are if you're listening to The Best in the World with Richard Parr, then this is the podcast for you. Kerry is an accomplished motivational speaker. You'll you'll see that a lot in this podcast. There's so much to learn from her. And I think you'll really, really benefit from her knowledge. She's, of course, got a book. We'll mention that a little bit later, which you can read and learn more about her. But let's get to it. Let's get to the best in the world with Kerry Potthast. She's up next. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Kerry Potthast, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. It's 16 years since you won that gold medal. What's going on in your life right now, though? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it seems like such a long time ago, doesn't it? Um, look, the great thing is that um, I'm actually going to be attending the Olympic Games. I'm going to be in Rio and um, I'm going to be enjoying the Olympics once again. I, you know, Since Sydney, I've been lucky enough. I played another Olympics. I played in 2004. I had a brief retirement, but then as most athletes do, I came back. And then in 2008, I commentated. And then in London 2012, I also commentated for our national network. And this time I'll be in Rio and I'm going to be just helping out with our sponsors, doing a little bit of work for one of our national networks, TV networks, but just basically soaking it all up. So very glad that I every four years I can, I can get back and um, enjoy the Olympics. But yeah, all sorts of things going on between the Olympics. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Fire away, ask me something, and we'll see if we can find something to start on. Oh, I've got so much to get through with you. But what what I wanted to just ask you about there is when you said you came out of retirement, how how did that happen? Were you just kind of just sitting at home going, oh, I, I need to compete, I need to compete, or was it something you kept thinking about? How, how would that all come about when you would decide to come back? Well, I played for another year after winning a gold medal and I really enjoyed it, but my body really was starting to, I guess, break down. I'd had five knee injuries, uh, sorry, five knee surgeries, many knee injuries, but five knee surgeries at that point. And I always said that it was either my knees or the fact that I might, might want to start a family that would stop me and retire me. So at the time, I decided to retire to start a family um, with my partner at the time. And then things didn't go so well, didn't go to plan with my partner. So, you know, we split up and I just went, you know what, I think I might want to play again. And I was approached by another player in Australia and she said, come on, let's see if we can qualify for the Athens Olympics. And we had about eight months to do that. And um, yeah, we made it. So it was really because of a relationship breakup. I, I, I guess I thought I was ready re- to retire. But when things in my personal life changed, I just went back to what I knew best. And that was sport and, and what I loved. When you weren't playing competitively, were you still in good shape? Would you still uh, stay fit? Was it something which was just ingrained in your life? Would you work out? Would you play socially? Or did you almost have to start from square one again when it came to the fitness levels? Well, I'd only really been out of action for um, not quite a year. And during that time, I had dropped my training regime a bit. I I was playing just... I guess at a, a state or national level, I wasn't 
kind of playing hit and giggle sort of sport. I was still playing at a serious, when I played, I was serious type level, um, but not as much. So I probably cut back about half as much and I was just enjoying um, just doing other things. And yeah, it didn't take long to get back into um back into shape, playing shape. I think it's like riding a bike with with many sports that are very skill-based. Have a little bit of time off. You're a bit rusty when you get back, but it doesn't take you long to to get the skills back. Um, And then I worked very hard on my fitness. So I actually took up boxing, which was different. Um, Did a lot of boxing workouts because it was a lot easier on my legs, but it was great for my upper body. So really helped keep me um, fit, physically fit. And, um, yeah, and, and that really worked really well. So I really enjoyed it. It was a bit of a different type of journey with a younger partner and um, a lot of challenging, I guess, oh, I don't know, emotional issues. When, you, when you're playing with two people, it, it can be very much like being in a relationship. So apart from the, the challenges when you're playing an op- opponent, you're also challenged in, in relating to each other. So, yeah, it taught, taught me a lot of lessons. Mm. So as you said, you've got a lot going on right now. I was looking on your website and your Twitter and one of the things I saw is you've got a book coming up soon, going to be released soon, uh, The Business of Being an Athlete. Is that true and, and what's it all about? It's kind of half true, Richard. I actually already released that book. Oh, <laughs> um, your, your website needs updating then, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, my husband's in IT, so we'll have to get on that one. You know, when you get so busy doing all sorts of things, all those, you know, who who looks at websites these days anyway? It's all about social media, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, look, I put out a book a couple of years ago called The Business of Being an Athlete. I, I wanted to, to leave something, leave a bit of a legacy um, for not only sports people, but for anybody looking to succeed in life. So I wrote the book about, it was, it's really about success um, definitely success and, and how to get it being an athlete, but it can be applied to small business, to relationships, to anything really, and, and covers the three areas that I believe are incredibly important for success, and that is passion, preparation, and belief. So for me, you know, you have to love what you do. You've got to develop that passion in order to be the best in the world at it. Um, preparation is all the hard work, the planning, the goal setting, um, you know, as an athlete, it's the, the training, but also the work that you do off the court. Um, you know, we did a lot of work trying to find sponsors, working with the media. Um, so I go into a lot of that as well. And then the, the final piece of the puzzle is belief because, you know, if you don't have that self-belief, if you don't really have the belief that you can get to where you want to go, you have to find a way to build it. And so I talk a lot about how we built our belief and, um, you know, that was the final piece of the puzzle which got us across the line. So I wanted to write something that I could really set that all out in. And obviously it's full of my stories but it's also very practical and you can pick it up at any point and just go by the, the chapter headings and pick out an area that, that interests you on that day. Well, that's awesome. That's exactly what we try to do on this show, try to help people who are not just athletes, but also learn from you guys the, the best in the world of things that can be applicable in people's everyday lives. So that's awesome. I'll, I'll definitely put a link to that on my Twitter and website and I'll get a copy myself because that, that sounds an awesome book. <laughs> uh, and you also do a lot of motivational speaking. And uh, I saw that part of that you talk about is overcoming fear and doubt. Now, I don't want to give you 
for you to give away too much of what you do in your motivational speaking because I, I want people still to book you and not to give everything away here but <laughs> maybe if you could just explain one of the crucial techniques that you you teach in your speaking about overcoming fear and doubt yeah well I look I realized very early on that first of all while we were still playing sport that um, I could speak about what we were doing and we could earn a bit of an income which helped us um, pay for coaching and travel and, and trips like that. So I started doing quite a bit of speaking when I was still playing and have continued to do it up until this very day. And, and um, when I get back from the Olympics, I've got five speaking jobs in one week. Wow. And that's that's a, a big week. That's, that's probably a record week. But I'm still speaking frequently around Australia and, and sometimes overseas. Um, and I, yeah, I do touch a lot on um, fear and doubt because it really is what holds us back. Um, often we feel that we can't do something, or somebody tells us we can't do something, or we're conditioned from, you know, being a little kid if our parents don't believe in us in some way, or say something that sticks with us forever and a day about whether we can achieve something. Oh no, you you can't do that, or you no, we're not good enough to be able to have what the Joneses have, or do you know what I mean? So. You know, there, so many people um, come into whether it's their career or, or their sport with, with different fears and doubts. Um, and then there are those people that just don't seem to have any. And, and the only difference is is what they're thinking and, and what's going through their mind and what they're focusing on. So I talk a lot about the fears and the doubts that Natalie and I had. And the biggest one was winning the Olympic Games, obviously, not ever having won an event before that, I must say. We came second and third many, many times, but we actually hadn't cracked a win leading into the Games. We did after the Games as well because we then had that extra little bit of belief and it took us a bit further. But we had to develop ways of believing in ourselves that that kind of went past playing our sport. So we did things like walking on broken glass and hot coals to just, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, just to push us past what we thought was possible. And and you know that's what it that's all it really is. It's realizing that fear is is just something. It's just a thought. Doubt is just a thought. Obviously, if something is dangerous, we need to be afraid and we need to be careful. But doubt is is not dangerous. Doubt is is, is just a, a wasteful thought. Um, when we have doubt about whether we can do something, and you know, my everything that I've gone through life with, I've I've kind of looked and gone, well, if that person could do it, I can do it. I mean, we're all we're all born the same. We're all born with two arms, or most of us, two arms and two legs, and um, and you know, we all have the the opportunity, um, or most of us again have the opportunity to achieve, you know whatever we want to achieve it's just our doubt sometimes and obviously circumstances of course as well but often it's our doubt our self-doubt that holds us back and so that's why belief building that belief is so very important so we did the glass walking and the fire walking and you know we did all kinds of planning and you know our coach would welcome us onto a plane and say welcome onto the plane Sydney Olympic 2000 gold medalist Natalie Cook and and he would then and it was 1998 so it was before the Olympics even and he would just always push us out of our comfort zone and get us ready to win and build that belief in in any way he could because he you know we couldn't we didn't have the the win on the board to go in with so we looked at all the other areas that that we could use to build that belief. Well, that's fascinating the way 
he would call you well, uh, Olympic champions before you're even champions. That that's incredible. Yeah. Did you did you do a lot of things like visualization of you imagining that moment when you got the winning point or you were standing on the podium or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We actually even had a creed that we read to ourselves each day, which which was called "I'm an Olympic gold medalist." You know, I'm a gold medalist. I'm I'm the best server in the world. I'm this. I'm that. So it was all about us living into what we wanted to become and every day we would read that you know at first it was very difficult to to say out loud and read I'm a gold medalist it, it hadn't happened yet but eventually it kind of starts to sink in and you start to act like one and, and that was the whole key so we put together what we call our gold medal excellence plan and that was named um, like that because we didn't go to the Olympics to win a gold medal we we our aim was to live our lives as if we were Olympic gold medalists in the year and a half leading up to the Olympics. And then if we did that successfully, we would pick up the Olympic gold medal along the way. So that was our theory. So for 18 months, we acted like Olympic gold medalists. And that's when he announced us on the plane or announced Natalie on the plane as Olympic gold medalists. As a, you know, as a bit of fun, made her feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, but it was just to get us ready. And so we, we trained like Olympic gold medalists would train. We ate like they would. We rehabilitated injuries. We, we tried to have the same, you know, same thoughts. You know, if, if there was something we could find out about what an Olympic gold medalist does, we would find it out and we would try and do it. So it's modeling, you know, you're modeling who you want to become. And um, we modeled all sorts of different people and we came up with a plan that we called our gold medal excellence plan. And on that, it actually had the characteristics of the type of person we knew we had to be in order to win the gold medal. It had a whole lot of other things on there as well. It had rules that we abided by. It had all the things we had to do on the volleyball court to be able to beat every team in the world. And it also had a very strong purpose, our why, which we went back to when things weren't going so well. So we always were reminded of why we were doing that. Um, and the funny thing is, is one of those whys, which I always come back to, was that we wanted to inspire others and, you know, inspire and lift others and help them reach their goals and dreams. And, and we'd written that two years before winning a gold because we knew that by winning a gold, it would be a vehicle for us to inspire other people, and that was of interest to us. So, you know, it was it was very well planned out. It was very well executed in the time leading up to the Olympics. And I think, you know, we were ranked third in the world, so we, we had a realistic chance of, of making the final. But the team we played in the final had won everything pretty much leading up to the games and we'd beaten them one time in 17 matches over the previous two and a half or three years so you know we didn't have a very good record against them obviously nobody did because they were winning everything um, but we were so we just had such a belief that that was our day everything was built around winning and going through that day it's like it's like putting your hand through a board you know in karate or taekwondo and you go through the board, you go past the board. We went past and through the gold medal. We just acted like Olympic gold medalists, picked up the gold medal on, along the way and kept on running. So, And we planned what we were going to do after the gold medal. So there was so much thought put into what we did. It wasn't just train hard, 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 harder, longer, harder, longer, you know, more. It was, it was very well thought out and it, it was all about our mindset. 
Mm, training smarter. I, I love this. You mentioned you would, for this plan, you would model around certain champions and athletes. Who, who were the people uh, you modeled yourselves on? Do you remember? And was there any traits in particular that, that you wanted to get out of them when you were doing this? Yeah, so there there wasn't any one person in particular. It was just that we we kind of looked at people and we, we did it in a, a bit of a brainstorm and we thought, okay, so what are champion athletes, what are champion business people, what are what are successful people in this world? What sort of characteristics do they have? Um and you know, we had things like strong in emotion and spirit, they were powerful, but they were certain, you know, they would never give up. Um you know all sorts of of different characteristics, and I can you know I can share this this plan with you. And well, in fact, it's in my book. <laughs> Better still, I'm going to buy the book. I'll buy the yeah. book. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, but there's a, you know there's there's a, a plenty of character t- characteristics that we figured we could become. So there's sometimes you look at a champion and go, well, that's a characteristic that I don't really have in me. I don't want to be like that. But we looked at the things that we thought right. That's what most people have. That's something we can do. Yep, I can be powerful. Yep, I can be really certain. You know, if you're a person that's always going, well, I'm not really sure and, okay, maybe what do you think? You know, that's not being certain. You know, as champions and successful people are very certain. They make a decision and then they go and do it. So, you know, we, we also had things like, um, you know, lifting other people up um, because, we knew that by lifting others up, we would be lifting ourselves up. So, you know, we, we also also wanted our, our opponents to be strong when they played against us. Um, that was one of the things we had in, you know, in the game part. So, you know, it wasn't so much about us being better than everybody else. It was almost about us being as good as everybody else, you know. But the people that we wanted to be as good as were the, the people that were successful. Mm. Well, I'm guessing with this plan you would have very specific pre-match routines and rituals. Could you maybe tell our listeners what they were like on on important match days, maybe in the final of the Olympics, what you would be going through? Well, we just, we had our own um, routines and we just never, we we didn't want to change anything, especially at the Olympics or even in the gold medal match. So, um, you know, they were warm-up, specific warm-up things. Um, Natalie would have a rub down, maybe get something strapped if something needed to be strapped. Um, we would get our uniforms ready. We would um, – I would always wear my hat backwards. That was just something that became a bit of a, um, a routine thing. It didn't really matter if I didn't, but I just always did. <laughs> um, and so it was a bit of a good luck charm, I guess. And – you know, look, it wasn't a set-out routine. The only routine um, I had when I was playing was a service routine because when you're alone with the ball standing at the baseline, you know, you're just about to serve with it, <clears throat> excuse me, whether you're in tennis or, or volleyball or anything, and, you know, there's no nobody affecting what you're about to do. You are in your own world and anything can happen and your thoughts will affect how you strike the ball or, or kick the ball or whatever you're about to, to do to kick off the, the point, the rally. So the only time I had a routine there was when I would get distracted if there was a lot of crowd noise or um, it was, you know, getting tight or it was match point and I would use my service routine which was basically hold the ball, look down at my foot, look at the line and in my head, I would go ball, foot, line, toss, hit. 
and I'd toss the ball and and hit it and I'd see my arm. I'd, I'd actually picture my arm following through to the target, you know, as I was standing there before I, I tossed the ball. So that was a little skill um, routine I had and, and all the others were just pretty simple, you know, put your sunnies on, put your hat on backwards, <laughs> make sure all your bottles are filled with all the, the good stuff. Um, yeah, nothing nothing specific around that. What is the good stuff? What what kind of uh, <laughs> nutrition and drinks would you have uh, when you were competing? Like drinks around back then, and you know we're talking sixteen years ago, so it was probably all pretty crappy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything specific these days. Um, I do use Isogenics nutritional products now, and I actually do the business of Isogenics now, which is a health and wellness company. Um, but I didn't do that while I was playing. I've only picked that up in the last couple of years, and. That really helps me stay incredibly healthy, helps maintain my weight. I've, I've helped hundreds of people lose weight and get healthy, you know, de-stress. So I'm loving now inspiring people with their health and wellness. So, you know, the question you asked at the outset, what are you you're filling your days with now? I do a lot of that now. Um, and I do believe it's coming to England in the next year or two. So look out for it and if anyone wants to know more reach out and I'll let you know <laughs> yeah that'd be good at the end of the show I'll get you to give us all the links and ways we can contact you and find out uh, all of this information because I'm, I'm sure a lot of us will be interested to, to know about that uh, yeah I noticed on your Twitter that you talk a lot about uh, nutrition are there any kind of superfoods that you recommend people should be eating these days well aside from isogenics which I believe is the superest food <laughs> the most super food <laughs> Um, look, I think it's just all about eating as close to nature as possible. I'm, I'm not a, a vegan or a paleo or I'm, I'm not gluten-free or any, I don't have any intolerances. I just like, I love food. I, I will eat all the time if I could. Um, but I've always been lucky that, uh, even, you know, again, 20 years ago, we didn't know what we know now. So I just kind of, I liked good food. Luckily I, I didn't have a, an issue with, you know, really craving bad food. I would still have rubbish food here and there, but I actually really liked food that gave me energy. So a lot of protein, um, carbohydrates. I get a lot of my carbohydrates now from fruit and vegetables rather than from, you know, the the high-calorie, low-nutrient pasta or rice or anything like that. I, I use quinoa or um, some sort of or couscous or just don't have it. Just have a pure protein with a lot of veg. And at a, in Australia right now, it's winter, so you know, always cooking roast vegetables. Like the house is always has has a beautiful smell of roast veggies. So we eat very healthy, and and we try try and steer away from as much processed food as we can. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. More great knowledge coming up with Kerry Pothast in just a moment. But I want to tell you that for you, the listeners of the Best in the World with Richard Parr podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. For you who listen to the Best in the World with Richard Parr, you know that I personally use Audible. You know that I've listened to many different books from Daniel Bryan's Yes to most recently So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson, The Art of War by Sun Tzu, Quiet Leadership by Carlo Ancelotti, The Churchill Factor by Boris Johnson, What I Learned from Losing a Million Dollars by Jim Paul and Jack Schwager. So I, I like to use Audible. I haven't started my new book to listen to since i finished John Ronson's So You've Been Publicly Shamed. I've got three in the can right now, which I've already downloaded thanks to Audible. Maybe uh, you may have listened to one of these three, and, and maybe you'd like to give me your opinion of what I should listen to next. And you can do that by going to my Twitter. That's at Richard underscore par. Maybe tell me which audio book I should be listening to. Maybe it's one of these three. Or perhaps you've got a completely different suggestion of what I could be listening to. I'd love to hear from you at Richard underscore Parr on Twitter. Send me a message also on the website, richardparr.net. So these three books are The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I can't say his name. I can't do it. I think it's Colio. But then that sounds like the disease if you can't eat gluten. Or is that a celiac? I'm very confused. It's spelled C-O-E, right? (laughs) It's Paolo... You know the one I mean. Paolo Curlio? Celio? Curlio? Uh, Apologies, Paolo, if you're listening. Or you're related to Paolo. Or you know Paolo. Paolo Curlio. That's what I'm going with. It's the alchemist. What I can say (laughs) is the person who narrates it is a fantastic actor. It's Jeremy Irons. Can you imagine that? You're listening to an audiobook read by Jeremy Irons, like he's in the room with you. Wouldn't that be amazing? And that's what you can do on Audible. The other book I've got, again, this is all quite self-improvement, empowerment books. I don't listen to all these books all the time. Don't worry, people. But I do think they do help. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Now I'm going to be told it's Tolle or Tolle or Tolle. I should really do this research before I do this little bit, shouldn't I? I'm going with Toll. Eckhart Toll, narrated by Eckhart Toll. And the other book I've got is Mastery by Robert Greene. That's a lot easier to say. Thank you, Robert. At least I know how to pronounce that one. Although it's got an E on the end. Uh, It's not going to be Greeny. I know that. It's Green. Robert Green. 
and it's narrated by Fred Sanders. I'm not sure who that is, but I'm sure he's very good. It's Mastery by Robert Greene. So should I listen to The Alchemist, The Power of Now, or Mastery, or something completely different that you recommend? Please let me know on my Twitter at Richard underscore par. I'm sure I will learn a lot from whichever audiobook I listen to next. And, you know, what we do on The Best in the World with Richard Parr is I offer you the chance of a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial, but I use the product myself. And I pay $7.99, that's pounds, £7.99 a month, and I get one free audiobook a month from that $7.99. You're thinking, oh, that's £8 per book. Some of these audiobooks, like the really thick ones, the, the, the big beasts like Mastery. Let me just check this while I've, while I've got my phone right here. I believe Mastery by Robert Greene is 16 hours long. 16 hours, 9 minutes. That is a hell of a book, right? That is massive. And that book, I can't remember, I think would normally cost at least £25. So if the book costs £25 but I'm paying £8 a month and I get that book, simple maths means I've just saved myself £17. So not only am I learning the lessons of mastery from Robert Greene, but I'm saving money at the same time. What a great deal that is. It's nearly as good as the deal for downloading a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial from Audible. All you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best that's audibletrial.com forward slash best. I know we want to get back to learning from Kerry Podcast, so let's get to it. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. You mentioned about pasta and things like that uh, I saw that you played in Italy for one season how was that how did you cope with the language the food the culture yeah good one well I didn't eat a lot of pasta I like the pizzas they came and they're about the size of a I don't know hula hoop almost um, <laughs> they uh, yeah they love their pizza over there I started drinking coffee when I first went over there I never drank coffee before even but that was before my beach volleyball career so I actually played one season of professional indoor volleyball in Italy and that was amazing. It was fantastic. I loved the girls. Um, we had an Italian-speaking coach so I, I literally had to teach myself to speak Italian out of a book. Um, I had a couple of girls in the team that spoke English that helped me out and by the end of it, like after eight months, I, I spoke pretty good Italian and you know, I was even starting to think and dream in Italian. So it was a great experience, but when I came back to Australia a month later, it was when I completely wrecked my knee, and that is, you know, a year after that is when I, I realized I couldn't play indoor anymore. I was hoping to go back to Italy, but I couldn't, um, and then I started to look at beach volleyball as an option, softer on the joints, and ended up going to three Olympics with beach volleyball and winning the two medals. Mm, yeah, an incredible turnaround from from that knee injury. Uh, yeah. When you had that injury and, and you realized that you wouldn't be able to play indoor volleyball again, were you ever feeling really low and feeling depressed and, and how would you get yourself out of it on those days? Look, I, I really did go through a very hard time initially because it was such a, a serious injury. I had three surgeries to fix the damage. I was on a couch for a couple of months. I lost a lot of weight, lost a lot of muscle. 
Um, I was getting pretty depressed and, and I was very lucky. I had a, a, a supportive boyfriend at the time and he gave me a brand new white volleyball, in fact, and he came home one day and he gave it to me and I started crying. I thought, what am I going to do with that? I can't even walk. Um, he said, on every panel of this ball, Kerry, I want you to write a goal. You know how the ball has panels on it? He wanted wanted me to put a goal and put a date on it and then bit by bit work out a plan to get back to playing um, indoor volleyball again and he was an indoor volleyball coach so he was he really inspired me to set some goals which I'd never done before in my life um, and he inspired me to plan it out bit by bit and also then put some dates on it and I think that was the most important thing putting dates on the on the the goals and I learned such a, a big lesson from that and um you know as I said I tried to make it back over the next 12 months um but I couldn't but I had one panel on that ball actually said beach volleyball, so it was kind of like my saviour. So, you know, when, when things go bad in your life, you really do need to sort of just sit back and go, okay, well, how can I make it better? What can I do? Let's, you know, rather than wallow in the pain and, and the misery and, you know, once you've got over whatever you've had to get over or even if you haven't got over it, it's probably better still you haven't got over it, start planning how to make your life better. And, you know, look back and, and work out bits, bit by bit how you're going to get there. And if you don't know, just take the first step. And then the second step will, will show itself. And then the third step. And then you keep going as long as you have something in mind at the end of the road that you want to try and achieve. And then, and most importantly, put some dates on it. And those dates might change over time, but at least you have a bit of a focus and you can set the plan out. And you can, you can even do some backwards planning from that date to where you are on the day on you know today's date and and work out how to get there well that, that's an interesting way to think about it i've not thought about that before no that, that's something good to know and eventually when you went into beach volleyball your partner and your fellow gold medal winner was natalie cook how did you come about making a team together and what was it about your personalities that just made it click um, well, Natalie was part of another team and at the time I was playing with a, a friend of mine when I first started playing and um, I saw Natalie and I thought, well, just I just had this hunch that her and I would be good together. She had a lot of fire. She was um, a lot younger. Uh, she brought some real vitality and, and grit to, to our team and I had, I guess, the maturity and the, the uh, knowledge in the beginning and she very quickly caught up. But I think what made us a great team was that we had – we had a very a, a, a pinpoint shared goal. Like we, we exactly wanted to do the same thing um, over and over again. We never kind of said, well, I want this, and, and the other one said, well, I, no, I don't really want that. I want that. We were always like, yep, we both want that. Yep, we both want to do that. Yep, we both want to get to that, that event and win that event, or we want to top four in that event, or we want to, you know, whatever the goal was, we were always on the same page. But we were two very different individuals, so we had to work really hard at our relationship and work out how we would get there. And that was a good thing because then we had to plan it out and then we had the ups and downs and we had all the crises and the, the low points and the arguments and, you know, we really went through a lot. But I think at the end of the day, our shared goal just kept driving us and we're both very driven individuals. We're both very... Um, um, oh, what's the word? We're confidently aggressive, so we're not, you know, we're aggressive as in 
in a good way, like we'll stand up and, and take the punch sort of thing rather than hold back and go, well, maybe somebody else can step forward. Like we'll, we'll get up and go, right, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to hit the big winner or I'm going to hit the, the ace. And it took us a while to kind of get to that point, but we both developed that confidence together and it made a very strong team. Mm, very assertive. Just before yeah. we go, why don't you just tell us about what were your feelings and emotions in that last moment when you won the gold and then when you were on the podium, you'd worked so hard for it. How did you feel? So you can imagine I've been asked this question a lot of times mm. and it's really, it's the hardest question to answer because first of all, it goes by in such a flash that you can't really even remember. But I think, you know, when I watch the video and I try and connect to how I was feeling, it was just a mixture of everything, a mixture of, of pure, like, pride and joy and elation and oh my god I can't believe we've we've achieved this right through to the relief in a way that everything we did you know we were very confident we were telling people this is what we were out to do we we're out to win gold in on our home soil that was our plan and did that help so, by the way well I think it did because you know it, it we had to because to be real to ourselves why would we hold back you know, if you if you really, really want to achieve something, why wouldn't you tell somebody about it? Mm. Why would you hold back? Because For me, the, the reason people hold back is because they're afraid of that they might not get there. So if we held back and, and said to people, oh, you know, we're just going to do our best, da-da-da, that, that's a cop-out. To me, that's a cop-out. So when, you know, when I see athletes being interviewed for the Olympics and, and they say, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to have fun and just, do our best and try and get a PB or whatever. It's like, well, you know, why don't you just take it by the whatever and say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to win this thing because, and there are people that do that. And, you know, there are three different types of Olympians and not everybody has that confidence. And, you know, it's the people with that confidence that will win, but um, not all the time, but most of the time. So, you know, there's the Olympian that just goes for the tracksuit. They're the ones that are, so happy that they've qualified. They're just going to go there and they're going to do their best, but they're just there for the tracksuit. You know, they, they qualified, which is an amazing achievement to get to an Olympic Games. And then there are the Olympians that go there and they actually really go there to get a medal. They know that they're in the top, you know, maybe five or so in the world and they've got a good chance of getting a medal. And then there are the Olympians and this is, this is what Natalie and I were in Sydney and we went there to win the thing and that was that was it. Like there was no other. This, we're not settling for bronze again. We're not going for silver. We're going for the gold. Like after winning bronze in Atlanta, there was no way we could come back and and then just say, oh, well, hopefully we'll get another medal. It was like, no, we're going to turn that into gold now. We're going to do it. And it was on our home soil and it was, you know, and we felt like by the end of the games, by the time, you know, the last the last match, the final, we kind of felt like the whole stadium was behind us. When we worked, walked out for the first match, we nearly lost it because we were so overawed by the emotion of the, the crowd when we lost a point because when we won a point, it was really loud. And then when we lost a point, it was like, oh, you poor things. And that was loud as well. So we nearly, we, we nearly kind of shot ourselves in the foot because we, we kind of really connected with their emotion. But by the end of it, we 
we learnt by the end of that sort of two-week period, we learnt to connect with the positive emotion and really feel like they were pushing us up. So every time there was an opportunity for something negative to take us down, we turned it into a positive. And I think that's what I I tend to do these days really, really well. If something happens in my life um, or in, in someone else's life that I'm coaching or, or helping, I try and turn it into a positive. If they give throw a negative at me and and I'll, I'll try and my hardest to turn that into a positive because there is a positive in everything. And it really, whatever you focus on is what, what will become. Well, Kerry, I've absolutely loved this chat with you. It's inspiring and motivating and will certainly get people to get off their chairs and go for what they want and set those goals and make those dreams come true. So if people want to continue to follow what you're up to, could you maybe give some Twitter addresses, some website addresses and anywhere else that we can continue to follow what you're teaching? Maybe if people want to book you for motivational speaking or be able to buy a book, please tell us how we can keep learning this great knowledge from you. Yeah, thank you very much, Richard. Um, well, as you said, my website's not that well up to date because I use social media. <laughs> but it, has, has, uh, it has links to my book and also um, email links, uh, which is just info at kerrypotthouse.com. That's my email if anyone wants to write to me. But my website is um, obviously kerrypotthouse.com, so that's K-E-R-R-I-P-O-T-T-H-A-R-S for Sam, T for Tom, dot com. And I am on Twitter exactly as my name, Kerry Pothast. I'm also on Facebook exactly as my name. There's a couple of other pages that aren't me, but <laughs> my profile is me. Um, and it's an open profile, so you can follow me if you want. And just today, I started decided that I'm going to start using Instagram. Oh, so cool. we know it. You see me on Instagram as my name as well. Um, and if anybody wants to know more about Isogenics coming into the UK, that's a, a big thing too. So. There's opportunities there for health, but there's also wealth. So it's a business opportunity as well. So more than happy to talk to people about that if they want to email me, info at kerrypotthouse.com. That would be brilliant. Well, Kerry, thank you so much for being on the show. We've definitely learned a lot from you and we'll continue to follow what you're up to on all those versions of social media. Kerry Potthouse, thank you for being the best in the world. Thank you. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. I think we all can agree we've learned so much from Kerry Potthouse on the podcast. Thank you so much to her for coming onto the show. And don't forget, we've got so many great guests that we've had on the show before. Please go back to iTunes, listen and learn from the best. Download these episodes. All you've got to do is go to richardparr.net forward slash iTunes. If you listen on an Apple phone, on an iPhone or on an iPad or anything like that, that's richardparr.net forward slash iTunes. When you're on iTunes, if you can give me a rating and a review, I'd really appreciate it. It helps boost the show and it also gets me to learn your feedback on what you like about the show or what you don't like so we can continue to evolve and improve this podcast. If you don't have an iPhone or an iPad and you use an Android phone, you can always listen to the show on Stitcher if you're not already doing so. On Stitcher, all you've got to do is go to richardparr.net forward slash Stitcher. Both of those links will take you directly to the place where you can listen to the best in the world. Some of the Olympic champions we've had on the show before include Ellen Hoog, 
part of the Netherlands hockey Olympic team. We've had Etienne Stott, who won gold at the last Olympics in canoeing. We've had Darren Campbell, a former 4x100m Olympic gold medalist. Another hockey Olympic gold medalist in John Potter. Shannon Miller, you may remember from the Magnificent Seven USA gymnastics team. We've got so many great people. Richard Folds, only two weeks ago, the shooting Olympic champion from the Sydney 2000 Games. All of these people you can learn from. We've got other world champions, other former world number ones, other former world record holders or current world record holders. They're all on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Please go back and listen to them as well as on iTunes, as well as on Stitcher. They're on richardparr.net. And please send me a message if you've got anything you want to say about the show on Twitter at Richard underscore Parr. On the Facebook page, The Best, well, not The Best, but Best in the World with Richard Parr on Facebook. And, of course, you can contact me on the website richardparr.net. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to enjoy the Olympic Games. Marvel at the brilliance and hard work that some of these people have put into their lives and their careers just for that one moment at the Olympic Games. Try and learn from them because that's what we'll continue to do on The Best in the World. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.